It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Drake Jackson, the 49ers' first selection in the 2022 NFL Draft, number 61 overall in the second round. Who is the USC pass rusher? strengths, weaknesses, and how Drake Jackson fits into the 49ers defense coming up right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Thanks for making us your first listen Every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. That's what we do at Locked On. Drake Jackson, the 49ers draft pick, uh, universally loved as a selection. I loved it as a selection when it was announced. Croc loved it as a selection when it was announced. The 49ers needed that long-term defensive end. And Croc, did they find that long-term defensive end across from Nick Bosa with the USC? Uh, he was a junior. Was he a true junior? He was a true junior coming out of USC and Drake Jackson. I hope so. Right. And I think that's what we're going to talk through and, you know, kind of look at the depth chart where he fits in. And, you know, the crazy thing is this is my first time really looking at the 49ers depth chart since, you know, I mean, really, I guess this entire off season, it's not bad. I think they put together a legit depth chart. You, you know, you hear that a lot of people, 49ers terrific, you know, roster and all that, like, you know, but you no, know, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty solid depth chart. Like, I, I don't have any big, uh, you know, qualms with it. Like, there's nothing wrong my, oh, man, like, that's just a huge concern. I guess maybe if you look at the guard positions, but I, yeah, it's a pretty good depth chart. We'll see how Drake Jackson fits into it. Yeah, I have some questions at left guard. Uh, if Alex Mack does not retire, if Alex Mack retires, then you've got, you know, either a problem at center or maybe Brunskill kicks inside and then you have a problem at the other guard trying to figure that out. But there's so many bodies at guard to compete for that spot. I think you'll be good. And there's so many bodies at defensive end that I think the 49ers will be good there. And there is a ton of bodies on the defensive line now after selecting Drake Jackson at number 61. I would add strong safety is kind of that other one too, where you look at it and you're like, hey, well, what, how's that going to turn out there on the 49ers roster? So, you know, it's never a perfect roster, always a work in progress, but man, they are deep in 2022 at the defensive end position. We'll get into more of those names of who Drake Jackson will be competing with on that defensive line, but let's start off with strengths. Like what we liked about Drake Jackson coming out of USC and he was at the combine. He came in at a hair under 6'3", 254 pounds, long 34 inch arms, Big 10 plus inch hands. So he's got the wingspan. Had a he didn't really run. He actually never got a 40 time in before the draft, which is interesting. I, he must not have 
he must have known he wasn't going to run extremely well. Yeah, man. What's that 10-yard split? Drake? Yeah, you see that 10-yard split. <laughs> but uh, he, he, did the, he did the agilities, and he had a nice vertical, so he's got explosive ability. You see the explosive ability on tape. 36-and-a-half-inch vertical at the combine. 10-7 broad jump. Um, okay, short shuttle and three cone. Not amazing, but but pretty solid with 4-2-8 short shuttle and 7-0-9 three cone at his pro day. So he never benched, and he never ran – to 40 i'm gonna bring up the bench Didn't a little while yeah i i know where you're thinking i know i know where you're where you're going with this i can see the look on your face but hold on Let, let's talk about that in a little bit um and then he came back on his pro day and his, his weight was 63 even but 273 pounds crock and he did not 19 bench. pounds uh, 19 pounds not, is a lot of weight between and usc's pro day i think was somewhat early so we're talking less than a month that's crazy because even during the pandemic, when I let myself go as hard as you can, I, I couldn't gain 19 pounds in a month. I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, typically people don't gain 19 pounds in a month. And if you do, it's definitely not good weight, right? Like think about like Barry Bonds. And we saw kind of the change in his body and, and how he happened. He had some enhancement stuff going on. And he still didn't put on 20 pounds in one His month. entire like head got bigger. His hat size grew. His ankles got <laughs> wider. You know, there, there was a, there was a lot of growth happening uh, with, with Barry Bonds um, when he got bigger, but yeah, one month's time. So that either tells me he was trying so hard all that time to suppress weight. And that was the story at USC as he came in bigger as a freshman, which was his best season. And then they asked him to get down into the two forties to play stand up outside linebacker. And, and he looked, he looked much thinner and you see photos of him uh, from USC as a junior. And he's a, he's a pretty slim guy. And when you see him as a, freshman he's much thicker he looked like a different player and everything he did played up a little bit because of that extra strength he had you know and he still had all the athleticism and all the flexibility which is really important at his position and that's what you loved about him right is the uh the athleticism the the quick twitch muscles and the getting out of his stance quickly the burst off the line of scrimmage and then that ability to contort his body and get around the edge with his long arms big hands and beat a beat offensive tackles around the corner and bend under bend and duck and get under the table and, and do all those flexible things. And, and, and I get, I guess we should talk a little bit about why that's important, right? Croc is a pass rusher. I think we talk about bend and flexibility and I'm sure some listeners are like, what the hell are you even talking about? We're talking about bend for a pass rusher. You have a lot of guys that are a little tight hipped, a little stiff, and it's a little bit harder for them to kind of turn that corner and they end up turning into more of just like this power rusher consistently, right? Then guys like George Karloftis, or uh, who's another one? Hill, Aiden Hutchinson is a guy who has to win a very specific way because he's not that bendy edge rusher. So he has to make sure the hands are on point. He has to make sure the strength is on point. Where a guy like Drake Jackson, he's able to kind of go. And with a lot of offensive linemen, especially on that tackle, they want to actually get you to run that hoop. They want to widen uh, your path out to the quarterback. So when you have a guy who can not only get up field, but then dip that shoulder, get skinny, down near touch ground, like we saw with Harold Landry. He mm -hmm. was amazing at it, right? And then almost springing back to the quarterback. Von Miller, he's another guy who, I mean, he nobody, I haven't seen anyone do it like Von Miller. <laughs> so I don't even want to use his name. But just in the sense of really kind of dipping under that, uh, that tackle who's trying to make you run that hoop and then kind of springing back towards the quarterback who wants to sit in that pocket. So yeah. that's what you ideally want someone that is going to be able to have that bend. You also want to see that power as well. 
And I think, you know, and we'll talk about some of his weaknesses. That was one thing that was kind of not his ideal. Yeah, you think of a you think of a race car and you think of like an F1 race or you think of a race where a car needs to corner tight, you know, and the, the inside path is the the quickest path to turn the corner. And that's what you see with the great pass rushers. They're they'll, they're able to contort their body and and turn that corner tighter. And that's the special thing that you can't teach about Drake Jackson that he absolutely has. And you see him sometimes with these guys like Vaughn Miller and um Harold Landry and Drake Jackson has it. And you see it with Nick Bosa sometimes too. Their ability to they're running full speed at the quarterback, but they're almost completely horizontal. It's pretty crazy. And they're flex like just everything's flexible. Their ankles are flexible. They're 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 bot their you know, their hips are loose. They're 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 just able to turn their body and contort like a gymnast, even though they're you know 260 plus pounds. So it's pretty amazing when uh, when guys are able to do that. And when you watch freshman Drake Jackson, that's the player that the 49ers are hoping they're going to get because he's got all that flexibility, all that ability to rush and all that athleticism, but he's a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. And, and really they made him into a worse player by asking him to get so light in my opinion, because he, he just didn't have it when he was in his two forties. It was just like, there was no power in his hands. Even when he was every move he made when he was a freshman worked better because he had more power coming from his lower half and just everything worked a little bit better and his long arm worked a little bit better and when he swiped hands it was it was stronger and and he had a little bit more speed to power so those are those are some important things because even if you can corner really well and even if you're really fast and really athletic that's not enough in the NFL to win consistently you do need some speed to power you need some counter moves and so that's where Drake Jackson needs to be a better player than he was his junior season in college, you know, Lance, uh, Lance Sirline, NFL.com draft analyst, he his comp for Drake Jackson is familiar to 49ers fans. It was Eli Harold. Mm. And I hated that comp for him because I thought Eli Harold was super tight and I didn't really even like him that much of a prospect. He, he wasn't even really that good of a pass rusher in college, but he was fast and and but he was kind of tight and he couldn't turn the corner. And so I didn't think that was a good comp for for Drake Jackson. And all, and you really hope that Drake Jackson's a lot better for the 49ers than Eli Harold was. Was that his comp before he went to the 49ers? Yes, yeah, that was his oh, wow. in, in the NFL.com draft guide. It was Eli Harold. So I was, I was surprised when I saw that. I was like, I don't see that at all. I, I think they're very different players. Eli Harold, yeah, I mean, he had a big time opportunity because I believe his rookie year was when Alden Smith got cut. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he was, yeah. He was one of those players that that didn't have that bend, and even someone like Jadavian Clowney is a classic example. Freak athlete, but everything is straight line. Like he can't turn the corner. Solomon Thomas was like that, really tight, couldn't turn the corner. You know, so um, uh, yeah, and I, I think that hurt Clowney with his sack production, but he was still like a really good football player. You know, yeah, as, and he was so explosive and powerful that he could go through you anyway, and he could take the yeah. inside path. He didn't need, need to take the outside path, um, but it has hurt his sack production in the NFL. You know, yeah. Um, but Drake Jackson at his pro day showing up at 273 pounds. I want to talk about that next. There's uh, some more strengths, some more weaknesses, and then we'll look at the depth chart and see how see how it fits in, and see if there might be an odd man out on that defensive line now with so many players coming into training camp at the position but first i want to let the folks out there know about rockauto.com why choose to spend 30 percent, 50 percent, even 100 percent more for the same auto parts from a chain store or a car dealership 
when you can go to rockauto.com, get the same parts, even better selection for a much better price. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. Do-it-yourselfers and professionals alike. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, so you can feel confident, feel good when you go to rockauto.com. Know you're getting the best prices. Know you're getting the best parts that you can find. And believe me when I tell you they have an amazing selection at rockauto.com, something that a local chain store just cannot compete with. They just cannot possibly keep in stock everything that rockauto.com can and the prices for example a honda odyssey fuel pump that would cost you over 350 dollars at a chain store or a dealership but at rockauto.com it's only 216 dollars so get over to rockauto.com explore their easy to use website today to find the solution for your auto part needs again that is rockauto.com go there right now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. Make sure your second listen is Locked On NFL on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. You can also find not only the Locked On NFL podcast, but you can find the Peacock and Williamson podcast now. And you also got to check out the Locked On NFL draft show featuring my co-host here, Eric Crocker. There is no off-season for real fans, so make sure you are subscribed to everything going on on the Locked On podcast network, including Locked On 49ers and the Locked On NFL draft and the Locked On NFL YouTube channels. Okay, Croc. Talking about the the positives for Drake Jackson. It's all about pass rush. That we talked about the bend and the flexibility and all those things getting after the quarterback. Um do you have any questions about where he will play weight-wise? Because 7 270 didn't I don't know exactly what his weight was as a freshman. I would have guessed in the 260 somewhere. And if I had to say where I think he should play for the 49ers, you know, 265 would be a, a nice number, I think. So he was 273 at his pro day. And um, I didn't really think about it until after he was drafted by the 49ers. And I saw him, I saw a quick video of him with his family, like hanging out on the couch and, you know, doing the thing where they're watching yeah. the draft. And he finds out he's getting drafted. And I was like, that guy, he's. I would say some of the weight he's carrying is not the best weight. I would agree. And that was one of my takeaways as well. You know, I've been around a lot of guys, at, you know, defensive ends and their bodies are still pretty tight, right? Like the, you don't see a whole lot of loose uh, skin going on. You see a little bit more definition and, you know, I don't want to look too much into just, you know, a draft day photo, but yeah, I agree. You know, I, I didn't see, like just kind of the definition in his arms or his shoulders and things like that. He just looked like a big guy. Not not saying he like looked sloppy or anything, but for someone who predicates, you know, or the best part of his game has been kind of that speed off of the edge, that speed, that dip, that explosiveness. You didn't quite see that. And you you talked about him not doing the bench press. 
And that, that worries me a little bit, especially when you hear that he added the weight. And the reason why is because I remember when I was coming out of college and I remember asking my coach, like, man, why did, why did they do the bench press? Like, what does it have to do with anything? And I don't even know if this is true or not. He probably could have lied to me, but he said one thing and it always stuck to me. And he was like, well, they, they want to know, you know, how hard have you been working? Because anyone can improve their bench press. And I'm like, okay, you know, all right. And it never really, like, you know, I don't, I don't think that's true, but I will say this. He was right about that. Like most people, like if you work hard at a bench press, like you can improve your bench press. You know, it just, the, the more you work at it, the more you're working out, you're working hard, your bench press uh, amount of reps that you can do, it just will increase. And when you see someone like him who one, shied away from doing the bench press for whatever reason, and then two, you know, added a bunch of that weight, you know, is it like, well, is it weight because he's been working out or is it weight because he hasn't been doing anything? And then, and he is someone, like you said, that kind of has to work hard to kind of suppress his weight. And then all of a sudden it kind of goes up. So that would be something that I definitely, I don't want to say what worry about from the 49ers, but I would keep an eye on it and tell him I want him in a certain range. And that's what sometimes the NFL would do. I, I don't know if the 49ers do it, but I know with the New York Jets, uh, when we went home and had our time off for training camp, when we reported, it was like, hey, you know, this is the weight you have to be at. And I had to be between whatever they felt was I was going to get the best performance out of myself, which was between 193 and 195. If I was over 195, I was going to get fined $1,000 for every pound. So you want to make sure that you come in under that. You know, and you weren't a bonus baby either. That, that was going to be a lot of money. Yeah, my bonus was very small. We're talking about like $10,000, all right? So, you know, it, they could cut me or I, I can't, I don't got the money like that. And then training camp, you get paid, but it's like for the whole week you get, it was like $1,200 a week or $1,400 a week, something like that. I don't remember the exact number, but, you know, it wasn't like a whole lot. So yeah, that $1,000 a pound would hurt me. A lot. So for a guy like him, that might be something where they got to put an emphasis on making sure that he's under a certain weight so he can optimize his potential as a pass rusher. Yeah. So he needs to be up from what they had him at as a junior, as an outside linebacker. But I, 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 273 seems a little much. And going to Dame Brugler's The Beast draft guide, he's got a little section on that. And he said his most productive season came as, as a freshman. He showed up at 275 pounds as a freshman. Uh, but shed 35 pounds during quarantine prior to the 2020 season, losing bad weight and transitioning to an outside linebacker role at 240 pounds in the new scheme. So, and when you see him from like his sophomore, junior years, he, he looks thin, he looks cut, he looks ripped and seeing him um, at, you know, I guess 275 pounds is what he was as a freshman. He looks like a different guy, thick all the way through his body and he played differently, but played better at the bigger weight. So there's like a sweet spot in there. You don't want him to be soft and have bad weight on him, but you want him to be powerful and still keep his athleticism, which is why I said, you know, like 265 would seem to be a pretty darn good weight. And that tends to be a really nice weight for an NFL defensive end. And, and if he can keep some power and keep that athleticism, but not have a bunch of bad weight on him either, because 275 pounds at, for, at 6'3 is just not necessary. He doesn't need to be that big. but Because uh, he's not that type of player, right? right. Like yeah. now, Nick Bosa use him as an example and he's about six foot three 265 pounds i think he measured in at like six uh 264 pounds or something like that at the mm -hmm. combine or whatever 
And if you look at Nick Bosa, I mean, obviously he's built like an action figure. Oh, there's no, and not an ounce of fat on him. Yeah. <laughs> not an ounce of fat, right? I wonder if he can work, work out with the Bosa brothers. That, like, to me, they feel like they just do their own thing. And yeah. it's like, you just leave the Bosa brothers alone. You know, he's going to come back. He's going to be just fine. Yeah. Like, just do your thing, stay away. And he does. And he doesn't feel like the person that, I don't know. It seems like it's him and his big brother against the world, right? Right. Yeah. Like, have you seen them? I've never seen him with anyone else. Like, there's no videos. You know, you'll see guys like uh, Fred Warner out somewhere, you know, or you'll see, you know, you've seen the videos of Trey Lance and, and uh, uh, George Kittle out at mm-hmm. a Warriors game or, you know, but like, I've never seen Nick Bosa. And I feel like it's like, it's him, his brother. And then that one time where he was on like TikTok with like a girlfriend and she was like, I don't know, they were like naked or something weird. But what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were like half naked. He had like these little shorts on and he had like no clothes and he's like flexing. He's looking at her like, yeah. Like that's the most even personality I've seen out of <laughs> Nick Bosa. I never saw that one. But yeah, you, you don't see <laughs> Nick Bosa when he's working out in Miami in the offseason. You don't see him like courtside at a heat game or anything. You don't even see him at a Marlins game. So I, I don't know what those guys are doing when they're in Miami. But send Drake Jackson there for a month every offseason. I think that'd be pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, he can come. I mean, all yeah. right, all we do is lift <laughs> weights. I mean, if that's what he wants to do, then, you know, all we do is just lift weights and, and eat weights and, you know, just work out really hard. And, you know, that's all we do, me and my big brother. What they going to say now? <laughs> <laughs> Nick Bosa is cool. I love Nick Bosa. Like, that. if I'm a coach, like, I just want all my players to be like him. Like, you don't have to worry about him getting in any trouble. No. It's just, he, he just he wants football. to say it. And I don't even know if he loves football, but he's just so good in the way he prepares his body. It's almost like uh, like football is my profession, which it is, right? Like football is a profession for guys. But I don't, I don't think a lot of guys uh, prepare themselves that way. I think a lot of guys, it's like, well, it's a sport that I play and I'm good at it. Yeah. And I think he looks at it as just the way it comes off to me as a business. His body is a business and his, you know, the way he prepares. Again, I don't even know if he loves football. But I know he prepares the best way he possibly can for his job. And he and he just comes off as someone who it almost feels like kind of like an airhead almost, but it's just like football, football, just prepare. <laughs> you know, like, and he's like the he best <laughs> ever. He he plays like he likes football, like he enjoys it. And, and maybe he yeah. just enjoys being good at it. So that's why he works so hard at it. But yeah, like nutrition and uh, and taking care of your body, Nick Bosa is like on, on another level right now. And so, yeah, Drake Jackson could probably learn a lot of that. And, you know, uh, probably nutrition is a big part of it. And um, but he's also proven and you see it on the field. He's 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 got a motor, which I like. And, and yeah. he put in the work to drop those 35 pounds. The coach wants the coach wanted him at 240. He got there, you know. And so um, I, I don't think that there's a work ethic problem at all or anything like that. I just, I just, it was just something I noticed. It was like, he looks like a little soft at 273 or whatever weight he was when he was sitting on the couch getting drafted. It's probably not the yeah. ideal body weight for him, or at least the, not the ideal body composition. Maybe if he's a, a you know, it's a different 270, maybe that is, is the right number, but um, yeah, we'll see what he ends up playing at. And he, he definitely needs though, to be stronger, and show more speed to power and and be better against the run than he was as a junior. Cause he was just one dimensional speed rusher as a junior. And, and it looked a lot different and it looked a lot better to me as a freshman. And, and also, I mean, the context here, 
and you talked about him having to drop weight. You know, he was bigger as a freshman, and they had him drop weight, and they've done these different things with him. You know, it's widely known that, like, he played in multiple different schemes and had to play in multiple different positions and had different, you know, defensive coordinators and things like that. And that, that can hurt you, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't even know. I think, again, you're like you said earlier, you hope that you get freshman year Drake Jackson because if you get that, you're getting a damn good football player. But I think right now – you know, for him, it's just kind of figuring out, like, man, can I just have some stability? And I think getting with a guy like Chris Kassert, like, that'll yeah. give you stability, and everybody's going to be firing all cylinders. And I think that's going to be bring the best version of Drake Jackson out. Absolutely. And he doesn't even have to be Mr. Everything as a rookie either. Like, he can be a third-down guy, and, and that would be perfectly fine with the second-round pick and, you know, work his body into shape to where he's ready to go and be the every down guy in year two. That's that's absolutely fine as well, because there's some other guys on the roster that can take some of that off of his plate. And we will get to that next. Breaking down the 49ers depth chart at defensive end. How does Drake Jackson fit in? Who's he competing with for playing time? And are there some odd men out there with the numbers that are carrying into training camp? I don't know what the odds are. I haven't seen him go that, go that far down, but I want them to put some odds out there for Drake Jackson as Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information this season. You can find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, UFC, boxing, and next season's NFL futures. And I might put a, a dollar down because uh, a svelte Drake Jackson would be someone who could come in and, and be dynamic as a pass rusher. And I wouldn't be shocked if he led all rookies in in, in sacks. I would not be shocked at all because he has that kind of ability. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. So get over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, looking at the depth chart, Drake Jackson, just knowing what we know about him, I'm not going to put too much on him here, but I want to read off some of the names at defensive end that he's going to be competing with at 49ers training camp for playing time. Obviously, you got Nick Bosa. The 49ers recently brought in, right before the draft, Kamoko Toure, a free agent from the Indianapolis Colts, a former second-round pick. Charles Amenhu, who they traded for during the season last year, bigger defensive end. Then Jordan Willis, who made some huge plays on special teams in the playoffs. Uh, Samson Abelcom, who was kind of, who became sort of the, the number two defensive end after Nick Bosa last year when D4 didn't show up. D4's name's still on the roster, but he's not actually on the roster. And you've got Alex Barrett as well. So that's seven defensive ends right there, not counting D Ford and not counting maybe any other undrafted free agents or, you know, guys that they get brought to camp at defensive end and not counting players like Kerry Hyder or uh, Eric Armstead, who are listed as tackles on the depth chart I'm looking at right now. But I think 
Hyder's as much of a, an end as he is a tackle, even if Eric Armstead is now thought of as a full-time defensive tackle. So you count Kerry Hyder and you don't count D Ford. That's still eight defensive ends that the 49ers will have at training camp. Uh, wow. So those are big numbers there. I, I'm going to not count Eric Armstead for now because I, I think he is going to be a pure defensive tackle this year. So Nick Bosa for sure is going to make the team and Drake Jackson for sure is going to make the team barring injury, right? So that's right. two. Last year, the 49ers broke camp with 11 defensive linemen. Six of those were defensive tackles. One of them was Eric Armstead, who started the season playing sort of that, you know, that defensive end role. So there's five defensive ends, and one of them was Eric Armstead. So there's multiple of those players I've named that aren't going to make the 49ers roster if everybody's healthy. And I think the easiest ones to look at are Alex Barrett, just because I think he's at the bottom of the list. And then it's between Jordan Willis, Amenahu, Teray, and Samson Abukam. If we know for sure Bosa and Drake Jackson are going to make it, you only get to pick three guys between Abukam, Teray, Amenahu, and Willis. Do you have a Willis has Willis has a special teams aspect, and not just saying that because he blocked the punt and really yeah. saved the 49ers playoff hopes. Right after the offense laid a stinker, well, but, you, have to, you have to line up on special teams to be able to make a play on special teams. So he had that role right. even before he made those plays. Is something Ex- exactly. So so someone that's out there on special teams, and probably because of his speed, he he's a fast guy. That's a big fast guy. First of all. Can we talk about how difficult special teams is? And, and, and I mean, for a guy like me, think about it like this. The Jets, I don't know why they did this. They had me on kickoff return, but not as a return man. I'm a guy that has to block, right? So you have to sprint back, set up, and I don't know, I got Jordan Willis, a guy like that, that's 6'4", 265 pounds, that runs a 4'6", he's probably even faster than me, running full speed at me. And it's like, hey, you got you to gotta set up, block, you got to anchor down, and you got to block him. Like, dude, what the heck? So having guys like that that are that big, athletic, and fast, like, like a guy like him, like you want that on your special teams unit. So I'd imagine Jordan Willis, unless he's just terrible and can't play defense at all, I don't think that's going to be his primary role. I think – having him as someone that's going to really be a contributor on special teams will help a lot. And then a minute who's very different because he's the only bigger end left. Like, Oh, I, I didn't mention Hyder too. So you only get to pick three and Hyder's in that mix too. So let me say that again. So Bosa and Drake Jackson are in for sure. If the Niners break sure. up with five defensive ends again, and this is not counting Eric Armstead. Uh, that means you're choosing three out of Samson, Abelcom, Kamoko Ture, Charles Aminahu, Jordan Willis, and Kerry Hyder. Aminahu, Willis. All right, now here's the third one. We got Ture, we got Hyder. So if I, I, I agree with you, I think there's a good chance Willis, because of the special teams, would be one of those. That means you only get two. Do you take one of the one of the speed rushers in Ture and Abelcom, and then one of the bigger ends in Aminahu and Kerry Hyder, and let those guys just battle it out, and two of those guys are gone? Because yeah. here's the here's the tiebreaker for me is that Samson Abelcom has an eight and a half million dollar salary hit. That he might he has, be a cap casually. Let me let me let me let me let me get it right. So he has eight point two five million cap number, but one point seven five of that is 
prorated signing bonus. So the 49ers would gain if he was either traded or cut post June 1st, the 49ers would gain six and a half million dollars on the salary cap. They might so lose a tie. Samson Abelcom loses because of that. Yeah, he has to be far better than the other guys. And I don't know if he I mean he played well down the stretch. Yeah. I think was, all they all did, but he was bad at the beginning of the year. He was a bad fit. It didn't look right. Um, but he he came along. And so that means who's a guy who I remember him saying, I don't know, just something about it was like, ah, I like it. Where he said, uh, give me another year in this defense. I'm a kid. Like, you know, and it was just like you you could tell like this past season, you know, he was traded during the years, like, okay, I gotta figure this stuff out. And once he figured it out, you know, he started kind of playing in there. And again, every cam, a lot of guys started making plays at the end. But I don't know, there's something about th- those comments that he made about just like the excitement, like looking forward to really have an opportunity to kind of stand out on the defense. And that's, I don't know, I, I like those type of guys. So I'm, I'm always willing to bet on that type of guy. So let's say the 49ers decide to save salary and either trade or cut Abelcom. That still leaves us with Bosa. Drake Jackson, Amenahu, Jordan Willis, and then it comes down to Kerry Hyder or Kamoko Toure. I think most fans are actually I don't know who they would say. I think a lot of them like the thought of Toure, but we've seen like Kerry Hyder be productive in this defense, even though he hasn't really been very productive outside of that year with the 49ers. So there's that aspect to it. There's but. a chance they keep both and utilize Kerry Hyder as sort of an outside-in player, and I think he could do a lot of what Jordan Key, or, um, Arden Key did last year where he rushes from the inside as well as the outside. And they keep Teray to have a, a, another bit of a, a speed element on the outside. And if you're able to get like a late-round pick, especially for Abelcom or something like that, that would make it a little bit easier. And then if you consider that – there's some versatility for Hyder to play a little bit inside. Then you have Eric Armstead on the inside and you have Javon Kinlaw and you need maybe a little depth on the inside because the 49ers don't have as many bodies there. Hassan Ridgeway, who they signed as a free agent. And then if you count Kerry Hyder, that's still only four defensive tackles. Maurice Hurst would give you five there. So that would put us at the 11 number that the 49ers and Kevin Givens too would make it for 12. So that would be 12 players that the 49ers could potentially break camp with if they brought one more player than they did last year. And it looks like Kalia Davis might start the, the season on the pup list. So that would be an easy way to stash the rookie sixth rounder as well. So they might be able to work it out, but there's going to be a surprise cut in there. And it's going to be either Ture or Hyder or Amenahu or Jordan Willis or one of those tackles I mentioned or Samson Abukam. Like they, they can't bring everybody and even if you try to fit one more, they still have to make one of those cuts. So it's a deep group and it's going to be a really fun training camp. If everyone's healthy to watch those guys battle it out. But you're right, man. This is, this is a solid defensive end group. When we talked about what Drake Jackson could potentially be, even if you have like Kerry Hyder or someone like Charles Amenu, who has the say an early down end and you got Nick Bosa, you got Eric Armstead, you got Javon Kinlaw inside. Javon Kinlaw actually is healthy. And that guy that the 49ers drafted him to be. Verrett's back. You're better at corner now. Ward, Mosley, even if you don't get anything from Verrett. Ambry Thomas then comes in as a reserve. You've got Diamador Lenore 
And of course, at linebacker, they've got tons of depth and talent and Warner and Greenlaw and Al Shire. Like that's a really good defensive unit. Like a strong safety is just the one question. This this could be the best defense the 49ers have had since 2019. Yeah, and, and that's kind of where I'm at with it, right? You look at kind of the just the, the the ball players that they have. And I think for a while, 49ers is like, man, who's like the special players? They have a lot of good players. And then now I think like those good players have turned into special players. So you kind of look at guys that are able to play off of that, like the Drake Greenlaws and the Al Shires. And then you add in guys like Ward, you know, Traverius Ward, you know, good football player. We'll see, though, you know, with the other uh, safety position. I mean, George George Odom, Talanoa Hufunga, and Traverius Moore. You know, who, who's going to be that guy to kind of really step up? Because, you know, we were thinking Nick Cross would be a 49er. And when they had an opportunity to take him in the third round, passed on him. So it's like, hey, they, they must feel strongly about the guys that they have in the house. And, and if so, and you know, who is going to be that guy? Tart Tart's still out there too. I, I'd be I would have signed Tart as soon as the draft ended, seeing how the draft went. You know, that, well, that's just me. Here's the thing though. They have their insurance player. You know who that is. Dante Johnson. Oh, play safety corner slot, nigga. I mean, everything you need him to play, Dante Johnson can play that. So, and a couple of undrafted free agent rookies. We'll we'll talk about the undrafted free agents as well as we move along. A uh, post draft, Leon O'Neill Jr. and Quantrez Knight. So, uh, and Taylor Hawkins as well, sort of a corner safety hybrid, I believe. So, um, they they do have some more bodies, and and there there's going to be some camp competition there, and maybe that's the one position where one of those undrafted free agents can actually break through in training camp, but it's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be tough for the undrafted. It's going to be tough for the late round picks, to be honest with you. They've got That's 12 what happens when you have a good roster. Yeah, they've got 12 guards. I mean, Nick Zakel, I don't think, is a is a lock to make the roster as a sixth-round pick even. It, it was a, a, w- with all the bodies they have on the offensive line, there could be some some shockers there. I think guard and, and defensive line are the two positions where there might be a shocker cut or two, potentially, for the 49ers. Zakel, is, is, is he listed as a tackle? Zakel? He's listed as a tackle. I mean, I'm looking at ESPN's depth chart, mm, and we know yeah. there's not anything like official. Right. But they have him listed as a right tackle. He was, like behind he was the announced. List. He was announced by the 49ers as a guard, and okay. and both. And I was surprised about Burford because John Lynch made it sound like Burford was a, a guard that could play tackle, and I thought it was going to be the other way around where they'd try him at tackle first, and then he could be a guard. But it sounded like they expect both Raquel and Burford to be guards, which was interesting. Yeah, two well, Burford, what, what was his measurements? What were his was, official combat measurements? Because he was 64, 304 with long. Okay, arms. that's better than like really long. Because right. he's, and I'm pretty sure they pulled this off of UTSA. He was listed at 6'5, 295. Oh, really? He looks, yeah. he looked, I, I would have guessed he was 6'5, 320, just based, by, just based on looking and watching him play. He, he looks bigger than, than what his combine weight was. I think, no, I think offensive linemen, defensive linemen, you know, you kind of, once you get past, you know, first round, second round, you know, you're kind of like whatever, but using the fourth round pick on him, like that's a guy where it's like, all right, you know, let's see how we can develop this guy. I'm going to look now because I'm curious on Burford's exact height because I keep seeing him. It's rounded to 6'4". I think it's over 6'4", and it might be even closer to 6'5". And so, you know, he might have gotten down for his his workouts. Uh huh. Nope. Oh, I'm on the wrong position group. Anyway, 
whatever. We'll we'll talk. We we've got a, an episode coming up on Spencer Burford, so we'll we'll tell you exactly what he weighed, what his height, weight, speed is, what his strengths and weaknesses are. We'll talk Nick Sakel as well. We'll continue through the 49ers draft class and undrafted free agents, giving you those scouting reports and looking at those position groups for those players in the competition they have in training camp. Uh, thanks everybody for making. Locked on 49ers, your first listen. Make sure you check out everything else the network has to offer for your second listen. Like Eric Crocker on Locked on NFL Draft and me with my guy Matt Williamson on the Peacock and Williamson show. Every day, Croc and I back tomorrow talking 49ers schedule, schedule release right here. Locked on 49ers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.